Hi everyone, I'm Wendy Mies, creator of the Left Pocket Project, which brings you the history of leftists of color, one swipe at a time. And this is the Left Pocket Project Podcast. Um, on today's episode, we're going to do a Left POC of the Week, which I will get to in just a moment. But I do want to remind everyone to please um, follow the project on social media, which, by the way, despite my comments last night, I still didn't get a chance to update, um, but I will try to work on that tonight and tomorrow. Um, but you, anyway, you can find us via Left POC, and that's L-E-F-T-P-O-C, wherever you get your social media. Um, and of course, find the podcast, which you're listening to now, share with a friend, tell others about it. Um, they can also find us by searching for Left POC anywhere online and wherever you get your podcasts, um, including YouTube, by the way. And of course, uh, you can find us um, on Patreon, where you can donate a dollar or more per month. Um, and you can also get all of our materials for free there, despite uh, it being a donation site. We don't believe in paywalls, and we think that this information should be open to everyone. Um, but to find us there, you can go to patreon.com slash Anyway, I want to get on with the show today. It's going to be a quickie um, because it's just going to be the first half of this discussion about our wonderful and illustrious uh, left POC of the week. And in this case, to break the surprise, her name is Teresa Santos. Uh, she's a Brazilian activist um, and thinker, writer, artist, just an amazing person um, all around. I had the fortunate opportunity to go to um, go through her files, actually, her archive that's at um, the University of San Carlos in Sao Paulo. Um, this is a few years ago. And um, I actually learned about her through my dissertation research, which is about um, Brazilians who were involved in, um, you know, anti-colonial activities, um, thought, uh, exchange, um, with Lusophone or Portuguese speaking Africans, um, and the impact of these exchanges, whether physical, like with people actually moving to Africa and interacting with these people or, um, by virtue of letters and other forms of exchange. Um, so anyway, the impact of these exchanges on the Brazilian left in particular and the way that they thought about race, uh, race, nation, and class. Um, so anyway, um, she herself is someone, uh, who, you know, was born in Brazil and who actually did have the opportunity to physically go to Africa and engage, uh, some of the leaders there in the anti-colonial movement amid, uh, these newly formed governments. So I'll talk a little bit about that today. And, um, as I said, I'll continue with part two, of her information and story tomorrow. Um, she is unfortunately no longer with us, but, and I did not get a chance to meet her. She died uh, before I even started my dissertation work. Um, but just an all around really interesting person and one who had a major impact on a lot of um, aspects of the black movement in Brazil and is unfortunately little recognized um, outside of Brazil, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to bring attention to her um, life and work here. Anyway, uh, let's get started with that.
So, Teresa Santos was born Jacinto Santos in the city of Rio de Janeiro, more specifically, the neighborhood of Santa Teresa, which some of you may be familiar with if you are from Rio or if you have ever been there. Uh, she was born in 1930. She spent most of her early life in Rio, which is where she began working in film and theater, in addition to attending college, which was a rare opportunity for many Black Brazilians, particularly of her time, although albeit still today, um, because despite making up the majority of the population, Black Brazilians often face a double yoke of insurmountable racial exclusion and socioeconomic inequality that limits um, their educational prospects. So during and after college, she continued to participate in theater and dance, focusing her energies on cultural work by and for Black Brazilian performers. She began to make explicit connections between art and political life, which made her a target for Brazil's conservative uh, military dictatorship. She was surveilled and imprisoned for her involvement with the Communist Party as were many of her fellow comrades who made up the Brazilian Black movement. And in the 1970s, she looked to Africa, specifically Guinea-Bissau and Angola, then both victorious in their movements for independence against Portugal. Um, and Teresa, as well as several other Black Brazilians living in exile during the dictatorship, saw these new nations not only as a space to connect with their roots, but as a place to develop new ones as key members in their development of innovative, explicitly socialist, educational, cultural, infrastructural, and economic programs for the people. While in Guinea and Angola, Santos worked on youth theater programs. And in a special interview series for the leftist magazine Versus, Santos noted that she had left Brazil, quote, in search of her African roots, um, end quote, but came away with a much deeper understanding of what the fight in the colonies had meant for black people. Speaking about the children she taught in theater programs in the former colonies, Teresa remarked that, quote, the life experiences of children who possess an incredible political understanding forged in the fight against the Portuguese shaped me so much politically. And, and end quote. I just want to say that, like, I think that's really interesting because sometimes, you know, we think about when people go abroad and they come back with these pictures of themselves with children. Um, and it's almost as if, they're kind of like a souvenir, right? Like the children themselves, the memory of their work with these children. Um, and I think just because of the image of children being sort of innocent political actors, right? Or that's the perception many people have about them kind of lends itself to seeing work with children as something that is apolitical, right? Um, or removed from these sorts of political elements that are going on in whatever country said person is visiting or volunteering in or whatever. Um, and what's fascinating about what Teresa said is that she literally saw through these children, um, the politics being lived, right? But also the suffering. Um, and that the way that they were grappling with some of the issues that they were facing um, coming out of colonialism and going into these post-colonial new states, right? Um, and, and beginning to see themselves and take pride in who they are. And in many ways, Teresa's experience kind of paralleling that, right? She was coming from a country that, um, while predominantly Black and Afro-descendant, nevertheless was very, and remains arguably, you know, oppressive to Black people. And so I think for her, you know, she recognized through these children, many aspects of her own um, coming into 
herself, you know, and, and that's not to say that prior to going to Africa, she didn't have these connections with her blackness. On the contrary, you know, she has a history of, um, or had a history of doing artwork, um, theater, dance, politics, very explicitly related to her blackness and the blackness of her comrades. But I think that going to Africa and working with children in this really incredible process allowed her to kind of recognize her own sense of of development as a human being, right? And development as someone who is a strong political actor and through which Africa serves as an emblem of that political action, right? Um, in many ways, you know, African history in Brazil and continually into the present kind of is relegated to something about slavery, right? It's it's a, a slave-based past, and those are the last connections forged between Brazil and Africa, supposedly, right? Like, that's kind of this idea of the contemporary connections and a political, a very explicitly political Africa is sometimes downplayed in Brazilian history. Um, and Blackness becomes relegated to a sort of folkloric, art-based, but not political um, realm. And that, again, couldn't be further from the truth, right? Like, that's literally, um, you know, the explicit impetus for many Black art movements This in Brazil, these, these politics. And so, um, you know, I'm going to end it there. I want to talk a little bit more about her um, theater and cultural work tomorrow, um, as well as kind of get into the second half of her life and what she did when she went back to Brazil after staying in Africa for a few years. And I also want to talk a little bit about um, some of her comments while she was in Africa and some things that that she experienced that sort of, um, you know, altered her, her outlook potentially on what it meant to do uh, this sort of explicitly political work uh, abroad. And, and I'll talk a bit about how those sorts of inner workings and struggles are important for all of us to keep in mind, whether we go abroad or not, but as we engage in more internationally focused um, camaraderie with people on the left. Um, and, and also, in particular, coming from a country, uh, you know, not we're not quite like Santos, because Santos is from Brazil. But if you're from the United States, or if you're from uh, a Western country and you consider yourself um, a person of color and you are a leftist, you know, you kind of know this very strange position that you might be in where you find yourself connecting with your inter with international um, struggle quite a bit. But at the same time, at the same time, you're grappling with racism at home and even within those movements that are toward international liberation. Um, so, it, yeah, it's just I think that her her life and her experiences lend themselves to our understandings in the present about our positions. Um, if you're listening to this as a leftist of color um, or certainly as even as white comrades kind of grapple with issues of, um, you know, racism being embedded in this country's founding and continued operations Um and many of the economic issues that we face as well. So on that note, I'm going to end, um, but I hope that you all stick around tomorrow for the second installment about her life. I'll go in a little bit in greater depth, um, again, about her, her work and uh, what she did when she went back to Brazil. And in the meantime, make sure that you tell a friend about this, that you retweet about this, um, and that you continue listening to these Podmas episodes. It's been... A challenge 
as I've said before, to, to record every single day, but it's also been really fun because I don't have that much time to kind of focus on the project in the way that I would like to, especially after having a child and during the pandemic and working and all of these things. Um, but I really appreciate these like few moments that I have to do this. Um, I think it, it's not only getting me more excited about, uh, what's in store for the podcast going forward and the project itself, but also just gets me more excited about like engaging with folks again, um, through this medium. So I really appreciate those of you who have been listening and enjoying hopefully, um, the Podmas process. And, uh, I look forward to making more episodes. So please take care of yourselves, be safe out there. Um, and you know, have a good night. Bye-bye.